0: I miss you already. It's, um, it's a good thing. We did this. It's a real good thing. We did this. And, uh, that's what I got for you. Stay cool. Be well. And, uh, just cause I'm not here doesn't mean you can get away with, uh, without keeping your goddamn hands clean. So please for the love of all that is holy. Wash your fucking hands. Be good. Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, is a weekly affair. Hold up. Hold up. That was last week. That was last episode. That was the finale. You know? This is a new episode. It's uh, 116. Pods and prologues. So I got a prologue for you. And uh, it's going to knock your fucking socks off. Are you ready? Let's get to it.
1: Welcome to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement
0: podcast.
1: How are you doing now that the uh, voyage is over of, you, of the podcast? <clears throat> Um
0: you know what it's uh well this sort of threw a curveball at me you know um but uh it was a it was a it was a fun trip like it was a really I didn't know that it was a genre of podcasts there's a whole bunch of other podcasts apparently that you know go through an artist catalog one by one but I discovered that yeah. along the way but it's sort of a fun way to uh, revisit your fandom, you know, like to just start at the start and listen to totally. records again. Listen to records, right?
1: You there still? Yep. Oops. Lost you for a second. Now now you're back. Can, awesome. You still, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, maybe not having any rule books makes it hard, but maybe you listen to some other ones and... <clears throat> and just learn as you go feedback from other people, what they want to hear, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. All that stuff is, is important. I mean, what was important to me too, though, um, like I've done a few podcasts at this point now was for there to be some sort of story. So I got to ask you right off the bat, Mm -hmm. how does it, how does it feel to be a narrative device of an indie podcast?
1: Um, I mean, I think all uh bands musicians are happy to have um people taking their um art uh, seriously enough to want to uh talk about it and share it um in a uh that way, you know, that it's not not just background music or uh or just just music, you know it like, bleeds into our lives in other ways, um, in uh, our relationships and our journeys or whatever. I think that's cool.
0: Oh wow! Well, thanks, yeah. <laughs> and thanks for thanks for doing this. This is just phenomenal. Like I, you know, I'll get out of my own head here for a second, but <laughs> this is uh, this is pretty cool of you to do this.
1: Well, yeah, some guys were, uh, some people, uh, put some, I saw on my, uh, whatever on Twitter, some messages are like, dude, this guy has done a lot of, a lot of labor and you you should really just go on there. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you're probably right. Wow. I don't know who it was, but just, uh, Yeah. Wow, that's like, really
0: cool of them to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would like that too, I guess. if uh, You know, plus it was called uh, Meeting Malkmus, so I thought, you know, that's would be a little bit uh, weird to not, you know, just put a bow on it this way.
0: <laughs> oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know I'm not. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of this or, or not. And uh, I wouldn't expect you to. But um, I'm not an, you know, an interviewer. I'm not a journalist or anything like that. I'm, you know, a fan. I am a podcaster, and I do like telling stories. So I think that this is a, a you know, you're right. Putting a bow on it is a, is a great way to do it. So I've got a few questions I want to ask, if, if that's cool. Yes. Um, so the first question, which is going to run into... Uh, another question at some point is uh, April 20th is coming up and that's the 30th anniversary of slanted and enchanted any Mm. cool plans, maybe a cake or something.
1: Um, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, Yeah, certainly that was a start of, um, a different, different relationship to, uh, music culture for pavement and like, kind of the beginning of what it is now which is like a, a lifelong um primary pursuit economically and mainly you know like that's right. when we got some some attention and we're like uh we were going to be um have to put together a touring or we you know we were like well we we, we should start touring and maybe quit our day jobs type stuff so um it, it yeah, up to that, yeah up to that point we were just kind of in, existing as a um to to make uh records as a a document or just to be sort of forgotten and then rediscovered like stuff that we were into at the time which were you know more maybe more obscure music that was not that i mean it's not so far from the velvet underground or something where you know we're kind of saying well you know maybe someday this will be thought of as odd and um art art artistic and it will always exist um in, in obscure music. But as it turned out, uh when we did Slant and Enchanted, we um realized there was a, like a not necessarily a market, but like ears for a new um uh, n- new music for our um, cohorts and stuff they were like ready for it Um, and yeah you know like college kids and college radio listeners were ready or whatever it was at the time you know it it fit in so yeah we got some attention and here we are today talking about it 30 years later
0: yeah it's That's bananas. (laughs) You know, I I read an article like it it was a while ago and it was about how bands used to shy away from, you know, when they were formed because they didn't want, you know, these milestones to be marked um, because it was sort of uncool. And it was around the time that Pearl Jam turned 20, you -hmm. know, And, 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 and it was like Pearl Jam is out here celebrating turning 20 and, you know, the Rolling Stones would have like absolutely died over that, you know, they would have died. But that leads to my next question, which huh. sort of, again, counteracts my previous question, which was asking you about the past. And it's how hard is it moving? How hard is it moving forward and growing as an artist when we live in a time that is so goddamn nostalgic and milestone driven? So for example, in 2018, 2019 and 2020, you released a triumvirate of springtime records that were all very different from one another, and two of which were pretty big departures for you. Was this yeah. stri- was this strategic, creatively, knowing that you were about to devote a year to waxing historic on the road with pavement?
1: Um, not really. I, the pavement was not... We hadn't... Um, maybe there were some talks about... About... Uh, Well, you know, I'd sort of told the guys that we could wait like 10 years if it felt right, do it all over again. Um, And because I, yeah, I was busy with my family, my kids growing up, and also other musical endeavors that like those three records wasn't really thinking about it in relationship to pavement specifically. Um, I mean, every, a lot of, uh, music that I like is, um, well, you know, it pays uh, tribute to, uh, influences and, uh, nostalgic, um, feelings that you have when you first heard certain music, you know, you're influenced by it. And um, so I think that's sort of baked into the um, equation, but how you, I mean, I guess it's sort of a slope of um, what is um, how you, you know, how you do it, how you, uh, how you um, take your influences or your, nostalgia, um, vibes, which we all have and how, how you, uh, I wouldn't say make it new, but just, um, be clever about it. Um, make it, uh, interesting instead of, uh, purely, um, just pure nostalgia or just, uh, using sig- signifiers of, of certain, s- eras and just maybe trying to get it so right that it um becomes uh almost kitschy um so i guess i don't know i went on a different direction than what you were saying
0: no 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 (laughs) no um i mean i like any any getting under the hood with songwriting is you know kind of a a cool thing for a nerd like me um
1: yeah I think Don't. often uh you know it's a sort of a sometimes you want to um be contra I want to be a little contrarian or uh rewrite history and uh, um with a different a different narrative of like what how it goes or how it could have gone so and that would be like you know just saying saying like something like a band like uh faust or can when i was a young person saying like in your mind those are um better bigger than the beatles or something you know or better you know which is not everyone was wanting to sound like sergeant pepper at some moment but Mm -hmm. meanwhile these other things were going on they were actually better so um or I don't know. There's certain, and we see that in our culture anyway, where someone like Iggy Pop, uh, just using him as an example is, uh, now, you know, he's, was not particularly, uh, financially successful in the, or didn't sell a lot or people didn't know exactly who he was. But as we stand now, he, he's like, uh, you know, as big as Paul McCartney in some, in some ways, you know, filling a different space, but. Right. Yeah. How,
0: how many, how many songs will you guys take on the road?
1: For a pavement reunion?
0: For a pavement reunion.
1: Uh, a lot is the idea. Um, Oh, cool. Virtually everything's on the table unless it's, too hard to uh too hard to replicate or maybe too much of a studio uh, one man band experiment we might not do some of those but yeah i think anything's uh we're bringing uh, a friend of mine rebecca on the uh keyboards and so she's gonna play a lot of the piano and mellotrons and things that i played originally and uh so that gives us more more um width in the catalog yeah um because i'm not a i'm just a piano player that plays to the track and i can make decent parts but i can't play it live um i have to just like figure it out and do it i can't even remember the chords the you know i just put my hands on there so she's going to be there that leaves you know songs like motion suggests itself or transport is arranged they have kind of important keyboard parts it gives us options to do those kind of songs that we wouldn't have really <coughs> we didn't bother trying to do back in the day um <coughs> so I, in the end we have to get down there and rehearse which is going to be for a long Long time in May. Uh, many days we're gonna like be together, trying to uh, figure out what works. So that'll that'll be a reason. That'll be a decision too. What we what we play well.
0: Will there be a tune-up show?
1: Uh, I don't think so. No. Um, huh? First shows in uh, maybe in uh, a small one in Spain or something. But I, I haven't. It's kind of hard to arrange. So we have uh rehearsals here in portland and then some fancier rehearsals on a stage for um our uh back line lighting lights and stuff you know oh. um, yeah so we're we're putting some production values into into it you know to um i don't know it's warranted by the ticket prices and uh, how big we're playing so <laughs> you're
0: playing you're, you're you're playing Massey Hall here in Toronto I love it I don't know if you've ever played Massey or been to it but it's a historic building uh it, it's just it survived the pandemic because it was under renovations for the last 3 years so they've restored it to all its uh, beautiful glory and you guys will be amongst the uh you know amongst the introductory acts
1: awesome yeah our booking agent our booking agent is uh pretty um you know he he uh that's what they care about is the right place to put people um the right place to put their artists so uh and he's from windsor originally so i'm sure he picked like the best place in um in canada It's it's it's
0: definitely up there for sure
1: yeah yeah.
0: Cool. I mean, yeah. Um, how much time do you, how much time do you have? Cause I don't, I definitely don't want to,
1: you know. Um, maybe like 35 more minutes.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right. got to talk about Harness Your Hopes. Right. Cause this is uh sort of strange. Um, so how has oh, like overall speaking to Harness Your Hopes, um, How do you feel about, you know, the algorithm?
1: Um, fine. Uh, I think, uh, the genesis of it becoming popular is probably while people just want to talk about the algorithm, I, I have a feeling it was probably just somebody at Spotify who was kind of a fan of the band, put it on a playlist and then it, it was, uh, picked up from there. I wouldn't say it was anything beyond that. But I I just have a feeling that there's uh, always, like, sort of a human element to make something that small, uh, that, like, sort of forgotten um, be the most popular song on uh, streaming platforms. I have a feeling there was somebody, middle management playlist person at Spotify that was like, I love this song and... uh, (laughs) you know it doesn't mean that it would like catch on so big but it definitely i mean it's an odd thing to um with everybody in this business you don't really know what your break's going to be and you come from s- nothing to something uh sort of quickly often um you know i've known people like uh, MIA, um MIA uh Maya you know, I, I saw her before she was, uh, and she wasn't even a musician yet. And then like, and I wouldn't say she wasn't a musician, but it wasn't her, uh, she wasn't thinking that that was going to be her calling. She was like a fashion into fashion and just sort of into arts generally. And then like a year later, um, or two, she was like on the Super Bowl, um, performing. So, um, and a band like Guided by Voices, I was just reading a little thing about um, Propeller. It was a, a record they made in the 80s that sort of started <clears throat> them on their way to notice. But there's like little steps here and there where Guided by Voices hypothetically could have stayed an unknown garage band from Dayton instead of as we know them, a band that's like recognizes genius and yes. has been touring forever and um so there's little people hearing things or some breaks or whatever you call it. They have to happen. And so that song like Harness Your Hopes, it yeah, it could have uh stayed in obscurity and not been heard by anybody like a classic B side, but for whatever reason um and not necessarily through the quality of it related to other things it just sort of catches on um yeah algorithm related too i suppose but its initial start is mysterious how it becomes or it's some kismet that makes it <laughs> break through
0: <laughs> it, so does it i mean does it get a does it get a leg up in the uh, s- uh scratching its way onto a set list by virtue of the fact that you i'm know, sure
1: wow oh that's yeah.
0: fun because would you guys yeah, have would right. you guys have played it live like prior to that
1: no i don't think so we have so many songs i w- i mean i sort of forgot no, it from <laughs> back, from back in the day i i didn't uh I uh well the reason it wasn't on the album was um like it could have been on it was in the bright in the corners, maybe it should have been on there instead of We Are Underused or something, but I like um I something about my singing on it I thought that my voice was mediocre on it or something. I can't remember what it was. I think on I just yeah, I just I uh, at the time I was like, the singing's like not that good, and uh, and it was always. I don't even know if anyone else is on the song except me, and the drummer. So that sometimes that was another reason back then. On um, right. right in the corners, we wanted to um, have everyone playing on the songs was a new idea for the band instead of um, just me and the drummer and then building it up and having people drop parts in. Um, So maybe, and then there was some odd stuff that even before when we were mixing it, um, the engineer, Bryce Goggin, he's a guy that is a great engineer and mixer. And he, uh, in the part that's My heart's wide open. He like cut tape out of the... um, There were some tempo issues that were really glaring on the drums. Um, And or it was maybe a decision of how to play it mixed with performance. And it sounded wrong. But he uh, cut out tape in this old school way that now you would just use Pro Tools and um, make a couple of... A couple of x's over the and edited it, but back then it was still and he made it sound really cool. It was his idea, I think, or our idea, and then it the song kind of came together, but by then, I already had in my mind what was gonna go on the record. Gotcha, so yeah,
0: well, let's talk about Brighton for a minute because it just turned twenty five, and uh I've got some accolades that I wrote down here pitchfork says the underrated record that signaled pavement the rock band turned toward the serious and mature uh side was released 25 years ago today i don't know if you know this but it's Jules' second favorite record of 1997 in between
1: i've heard that before
0: in between bob dylan and radiohead so some pretty good company um, and Rob Sheffield called it the ultimate pavement record.
1: Yeah, Rob's uh, always been an ally of mine. I've, he actually lived in Charlottesville when I was uh, going to school there. Um, I think his wife at the time um, she passed away, but I think she was teaching or studying there. Um, so, yeah, he. I think
0: uh, it was perfect
1: yeah it's a perfect it's
0: I, a perfect record,
1: yeah I thought a lot of stuff came out good on it i think uh there's weird stuff with the some of the singing that occasionally I was um sort of into the incredible string band and i I was really sometimes trying to push my voice and uh like on type slowly and I sometimes was maybe going off too much um <laughs> But I think, and then I like, you know, maybe Sh- Shady Lane. It, it, I remember doing that song and it is good, but um, we had recorded it like the first day and and I was like, okay, it's done. And um, then we listened back and then other people had to say, you know what? That's like a little slow and like kind of weak. You, you got to do that one again, you know? So like, I don't. Uh, thank god someone did it, it is better but s- s- i guess uh what i'm saying is sometimes you have some some blind spots in what you're doing that in retrospect you wish you could uh mm. fix but then you know other tunes like embassy row i mean where did that come from i'm happy that one's on there and yeah, uh great. finn the last song you know that guitar solo at the end is very lucky, uh, good solo. Um, just was that, no plan, no plan, was just for the, the moment. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Those are, um, yeah. Maybe there was one take or two takes, but uh, yeah, just step step up to bat and see what comes out. So, um, some some of those good things happen when there's other people in the studio and you're kind of trying to. Um, you're playing to, it's like playing to an audience but just an audience of 3 instead of 3000 but you <laughs> you get uh or 300 but you get uh sometimes you get good performances from that when you know, like people are hanging out in the in the room and you're just, other other things happen when no one's there it's just like you and the engineer um but that was one i remember it was like yeah. Well, it, I need to it, show them how to play with feeling or whatever. That's
0: really cool <laughs> to hear it from your perspective because clearly, like it landed. You know what I mean? Like it, it totally landed. And for you to say that in the studio, you recorded it and and sort of felt that. That's uh, that's a, what a great feeling that must be.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah, uh, Bryce, uh, the engineer Bryce, he was really good to work with too. He always. Uh, like um would appreciate things that were non non traditional um not everything had to be i mean he just luckily he probably said do that shady lane again but also um i think he was just like would take what i gave him and like just assume it was good i mean i'll give them credit that maybe it was good but also some there are times people would be like uh you can do better like do another one there's lots of times like that um you could sing that again and maybe you get a good result but also maybe um some spontaneity is lost in those times um
0: i gotta guess that's part of like learning the whole studio job though right like you know you're a band and one day you're playing on the stage in a high school you know or whatever and the next day you're going into a studio um i'm guessing that that, that level of skill that you know is needed to be in a studio evolves over time you know and 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 yeah
1: adds. well i mean there's tons of legendary uh engineers that are known for their their vibe like if maybe you saw that beatles thing there's i think his name is glenn johns and he doesn't seem to be doing much except like he knows his compressors and stuff but he dresses well and like sure does he worked with the stones or something It makes you like feel confident um that it's going to be cool what you're doing so um or you know but obviously you want to have i'm not trying to denigrate his engineer chops he makes things sound <laughs> great and you want you always want um somebody that's uh like with producers I you know I would want somebody that was uh a, a sonic uh architect or something not to be um I don't think uh the vibe the vibe merchant's like Rick Rubin or something I imagine he's probably kind of a vibe merchant more than a knob twiddler Um, that might, I don't know if that's the way to go, but I would, I would tend just from a, I would tend to want to hire somebody that was like a kick-ass mixer and also, you know what I mean? Like the whole package.
0: Right. So like, like Bryce was uh, like in
1: terms of any or, uh, uh, Nigel Godrich is like that for sure. Yeah. He's a total genius, uh, a, a genius uh, engineer um
0: and and we're going to get to hear some of that on the new reissue right
1: i guess so i don't yeah. know
0: well there's like some demos and outtakes i, I i'm pretty sure huh. are on the set list yeah i'm sure I, know? <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know what ended up on there but like
0: oh that, that's great <laughs> you
1: know, They probably could there's I'm sure they've tried to find what they could find. I think there's less stuff like available by that point, but Right. But um I or it's lost a little bit. I mean, I had a bunch of digital audio tapes of demos and I just couldn't find them. Um for that album, I don't know where they went. They um but we did find some and there's yeah. some interesting stuff.
0: They managed to put a few on there. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's like we're all we're all very hungry for it. We're, you know, voracious for sure. Um okay, here's here's one for you. How is Steve Malcolmus the Jick different uh, like a different artist than Steve Malcomus from Pavement? So I guess like how have you grown in terms of writing songs. And and what does writing a song even look like for you? Is it is it riff? Is it cool lyrical phrase? Is it a melodic hook? Like what what does that look like for you?
1: Um I and wouldn't really changed. be able to, I wouldn't really differentiate too much uh my personal practice uh it's all like I mean I just do the same pretty much I get different uh, maybe I'd get different influences and tried some different instruments and um s- just like in uh pavement I would be aware of um what's come before and uh what, uh what what I do well and what I could do better, maybe. Um so that would be on maybe more on the musical side of it, not lyrics and uh songwriting which um, I tend to, uh, I sort of differentiate lyrics and uh, songwriting. In my mind, um, the songwriting is uh, sort of uh, the music, and it's kind of a cliche thing to talk about music or lyrics first, but uh, it sort of comes together, uh, the songwriting... Comes together with uh, the in- holding the instruments in your hand in your hand and sort of building building m- melodies and a vibe. <clears throat> um, and then if something has a vibe or what, I'm just going to use that term. Then I would take the time to uh, write some lyrics. <clears throat> like I'm, not, I'm probably not going to just write lyrics just the right lyrics. Um, (laughs) so that, that kind of system is the same all the way through, um, until the end. And, um, so I can't particularly differentiate. I would have to be differentiating like, like a critic, um, from the outside. I, I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, have to say this is more rock or this is sure is uh that's fair not as lo-fi or this has uh we rehearsed more or something uh later (laughs) Um, there's something like that maybe like in the jigs we did start rehearsing more as a um ensemble and that would be different oops so i can see that but uh there's not really that much different for me um sorry careful
0: whatever you're doing
1: <laughs> i'm making one of those nest cafes, but the water oh, is out. it looks like one of those uh, pods
0: it sounded far more dangerous than that and i was just <laughs> worried that yeah oh my god the water what a, out
1: of it but i got hey. the shots i got a um express uh instead of a cup it's all good yeah, that's
0: all right that's all right The fuel is the fuel. Okay, so it's Valentine's Day today. This is an easy. This is a. This is a tough one. You ready? It's Valentine's Day today. Mm -hmm. So, your favorite My Bloody Valentine's song.
1: Um, I don't always know the names of their songs, but oh
0: my god, that's okay. So I got to tell you this, because I was like, what if he says, "What's your favorite?" And I was like, I just know "Loveless," like back to front, like. Right. I just know it as like one giant sort of like trip out song like yeah so i was like i looked it up I, I looked up a song title to have in my back pocket because i'm the exact same way i don't think of their song titles
1: yeah well i think uh it would be i know what you mean but the the first song on that that's like uh goes da 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 Dun, dun 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 dun. I don't know what it's called. Or something off the isn't anything like uh goes like I I don't know what album song it is. Yeah. Um, I don't so so recognize was. Yeah, they had a pr- issue with uh Spotify there was a friend of mine works at Spotify and she um was down at the this wilco festival that we played at and she was mexico
0: um, i was so jealous
1: yeah it was pretty fun but she was there and uh like as we were working as we were hanging out there this thing came about about my bloody valentine was mad at spotify for uh not having their lyrics correct, which yes. I've never even—I've never looked at the lyrics on Spotify. I would, I wouldn't even know to complain about that. I didn't even know they had lyrics on there. Um, I have a family Spotify account because my kids use it, but I don't I haven't interacted with it much. And uh, we were sort of joking about how she would be uh, have a lot of like hassle when she gets back to work. And then they, after that, then there was this big brouhaha over joe rog- rogan oh, right. so i was like then she was really fucked um, <laughs> so what do whatever. you think about little of, do we know.
0: what do you think about neil young um deciding to <laughs> uh take a stand and you know and it's cool if he wants catalog. if
1: that's i'm all for artists deciding what they want to do with their catalogs basically yeah. um i don't have a problem with it i don't i don't uh I also don't have a problem with uh, Joe Rogan being on Sp- Spotify. It doesn't like, uh, doesn't really. I don't. He's Joe Rogan. Is Joe Rogan? You know, it's like right. like I don't think he's like substantially evil or anything compared to so many other things. So like that I, that wouldn't be my tipping <clears throat> tipping point. I also don't know that much about him. I've seen him a couple times and I don't know exactly what anti-vaxxers he had on there, but right. <clears throat> he seems like just a non-mainstream media person for <clears throat> a certain <clears throat> class of people or something that they're, they're yeah. going to get their, their stuff from him, that stuff, no matter what is. But I, I again, I don't know the exact specifics. I
0: think Neil took it personally because he was like a polio kid
1: yeah he was a
0: kid at four years old Had poor. yeah well you know that that's why i brought it up of course so (laughs) all right i got a couple i got a couple other little questions for you because one you just answered you answered one of my more long-form questions which was you know has the algorithm uh influenced the way you listen to music at all but you made that very clear that uh you don't really interact with spotify or
1: Apple not or much. Or um, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't. I mean, I've seen some good from it with my, my daughter, uh, would um, have some, like, she had a Sun City Girls song on her playlist, and I was like, where did that come? I wouldn't, she would, I don't think she, it's not like she's looking at forced exposure or right. some uh, to find out about the history of the sun city girls, but I, I, they have some great songs and I was like, that's cool that you are, you have them on your list. And she couldn't even really say, she's like, I just heard it and I liked it. And, uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Not all that and gloom in the, in the algorithm world.
0: I think the algorithm can be that cool dude that like used to work at the record shop that would like tip you off to things. But it mm-hmm. can also be it can also be the asshole that worked at like um, uh, Tower. You know what I mean? Like that's
1: true, right? Plus, like, I think uh, kids these this younger generation of uh, Zoomers or whatever you want to call them they seem like. Um, I mean, maybe I'm biased because they like things from the '90s, and I have a couple of them in my house. Um, <laughs> but they just seem uh, cool, like or just. Uh, I relate better to them than I did uh, millennials in a certain way. Um, not in always, but
0: yeah. they
1: they seemed clever in a different in some way. Uh, I don't I don't want to like get into a generational piss fight, but these these kids <laughs> I sort of trust them to listen to. They don't really feel like they're being gamed by the the algorithm they like know what it is you know what i mean yeah like, i think so they don't um, yeah i mean i try to give people credit that are with joe rogan that way too or something but right. yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah. it's not um <laughs> apparently we can't or um but yeah like, so i don't really bother doesn't really bother and also they get uh, extreme they get like bored by it too it's not like they're um i guess the same kind of story they're not like slaves to it you know it's just like they've already she sort of moved on from spotify in a certain way or it's it's just right it's not like how she finds out about the world um it's i i guess there's gonna have to be some new uh new algorithm or new way of presenting it and they'll be psyched about it again but
0: well, I think it looks like it's it it looks like it's happening and it looks like it's vinyl.
1: Fine. Well, all C are back in too.
0: Well, so are cassettes to a certain degree, but like I mean, that neither of those two things makes as much sense to me as vinyl, you know? Like because you can gussy it up and make it sound prettier and um you know in your own house like with with different equipment and like it it seems like the manufacturers and the the apparatus should be all for this but what do i know yeah uh, okay so there is a another pavement podcast out there i don't know if you know of this podcast mm-hmm. but it's called the pavement conundrum and they're amazing they're in the uk they're in scotland mm-hmm. so, so they're in scotland sorry i need to I'll, I'll edit that out they're not in the uk they're in scotland mm-hmm. and um uh, and they're also in Australia, so they're they're in a couple different places. So my first question would be: Will you guys make it to Australia? And you can hold you can hold that thought. The second question is: um, the 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 bulk of this question is that they intro each of their shows by saying, "Welcome to the Pavement Conundrum," uh, where we talk about prominent U.S. indie rock band Pavement so prominent indie rock prominent u.s indie rock band pavement my show i start by saying where we're here to discuss the seminal where we're here to discuss the catalog of seminal indie rock band pavement so my mm-hmm. question to you steve Malcolmus, is which which is better prominent or seminal which would you prefer um, i
1: don't know uh Seminal sometimes makes me think of semen, so yes yes, like, I know there's that, yeah, <laughs> I guess I like seminal things though uh as the the real uh what it really means uh prominent is uh there's a little bit more of a um it sounds a little bit like you're in the- in your society and you're at the town the town meeting and you, you come up to like speak uh, about an issue and they say he's like a prominent member of the society. Right. <laughs> yes. um, so, um, which is nice. Uh, if, yeah. if it's earned, okay. you probably um, get
0: fancy cheeses.
1: Yeah. you know, when it's you earned through, uh, you know, um, moral character and, and not just like uh, through, being a crooked politician or <clears throat> like a crypto billionaire or something who's, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to be that prominent or, you know, Scrooge might be prominent, you know, but he's not seminal. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would right, just so say, it's a so it's a, so it's say prominent, prominent, yet seminal. There it is. <clears throat> From the horse's That's mouth. That's a political answer.
0: <laughs> you don't want to offend the fan base of the, you know, uh, I'm sure they're actually my, like most of my listeners are in the UK uh, and, Interesting. Europe, and, and Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in Toronto. So, okay. So there's a pop, there's a popular pub game that people play that has been modified by my friend, uh, Marchica guitarist Pete Marchica and given to me. He calls this game listen to Jam with and mute. So I'll do Mm -hmm. the same. So I'm going to name a trio of acts, and you have to name which one you would listen to, which one you would like to jam with, and which one you would likely mute. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) First trio. First trio. Mick Jagger, Brian Brian Wilson, Paul McCartney.
1: Um. I would jam with uh Mick Jagger. Um I know it's like not the right answer but and I would mute uh Paul McCartney. And what was the third one? Brian Wilson. And what was what would he do?
0: Oh, he would play. You would play. You would listen to.
1: I would just watch him play.
0: You would just li- uh you would just listen to a record.
1: Or hang out with him. Yeah, I guess that would be it. I would just uh yeah, I'm. I'm a little tired of Paul McCartney. He's obviously amazing for so many reasons. Uh, there's nothing. There's no shame in like one guy muting Paul McCartney. <clears throat> <laughs> All right,
0: next trip. I'm a
1: big Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger is like my favorite of those of those three guys. I think he's pretty underrated. Like what he does. So, <clears throat> and I'm just like a big. Stones fan, um, of those classic rock bands. Uh, I would love. They're it kind would of my be, favorite, so.
0: It would be so wild to see SM break out like some Mick Jagger moves during like Summer Babe or something once. You know.
1: Yeah, he's a good. He can he can shimmy too, <laughs> right. little guy.
0: Okay, the next trio: David Bowie, Lou Reed, Don Henley.
1: Well, Don Henley's obvious mute. Uh, the other two, it's what is it hang out with or jam with? Oh,
0: just listen to listen to That's or jam with.
1: A, um, I guess you'd probably want to jam with David Bowie because. Uh, I so I think so. Well, there'd be more to learn hypothetically about like how his working methods. I think Lou's working methods are pretty trant. Pretty transparent, um, so I wouldn't really need to see that. But um,
0: It's always great to listen to some Velvet. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, and the last one is a Canadian special.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gordon Lightfoot, Randy Bachman, or Burton Cummings?
1: Um, who's Burton Cummings? I'm supposed to know that. But guess who? Okay, well, he can... Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings, they're interchangeable to me in my mind, because I don't Yeah, they're pretty much I don't are. really maybe I mean I do should I like
0: you, should I should I give you like a, I like a Canadian two, trio?
1: Uh, they're big American women and stuff. It's cool, but it's all a little like ham and eggs, their whole thing. So
0: all right, I'll give you a tougher one. I'll give you a tougher one. Neil Young, Gord Downey. Um Who's that? Gord Downey is the lead singer of a band called The Tragically Hip. Okay. Which which if you're like in a record store in the next little, little if you're in a record store in the next little bit, uh-huh. pick up the vinyl Day for Night. It's really good.
1: Okay, um, I I've heard of them before. I just haven't heard them. I know yeah, that name. No. They're huge. And they're really big in Canada. I know that. They're, Maybe they're pop popular here too, but
0: No, they're not. They're like an arena band in Canada. They they do like they'll do a 20-date cross-country arena tour in Canada. Yeah. Which, you know, Britain, you have done some uh, UK tours, has it's
1: groups. Like- Yeah. UK has groups like that too, like the Beautiful South is one that we've never heard of here and they're just massive there. Kind of wow. blue-eyed soul. Um yeah. So yeah. I you know, we got Neil Young and so I would you know, like the jam with him, obviously. Oh,
0: that would be so uh-huh. cool to see.
1: Especially and, uh, like,
0: you know, like I- like crazy Neil, like when he gets when he gets just like right in the solo and he's like all crouched down and, yep. you know, just sort of hammering at the guitar. Like I could totally see you jamming with him at that point. Like that would be just
1: oh, pretty amazing. feral, pretty feral, dude. I like him. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I love Gordon Lightfoot too. So, um, spiral told me that
0: you used yeah. to play Gordon Lightfoot you would noodle Gordon Lightfoot. You would play that. Cause for some reason, last time I talked to spiral stairs, he said, or I, I made mention of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And he said, you used to play that song.
1: I would do. I'm a big fan of Gordon Lightfoot. Thank think he's Oh, a wow. cool dude. I watched his he documentary a cool like on uh, YouTube or something. And there's, he's still kicking.
0: So he's the one who opened Massey hall when they reopened it. They they made three chord gourd. Three chord gourd came up and played like and. Uh,
1: That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, he's a legend. You know, in my mind. A legend. I mean, he's he's, he's really. He's, my parents had his album too, you know, as, along with Jim Croce and uh, Elton John's greatest. He was one of our greatest hits. Um, yeah, that we had in my in my house, and I always sort of gravitated to it over the others, and. Um, still still sticks so it's a cool dude <clears throat> totally
0: well you've been super generous with your time so i want no to thank problem. you and i and i want to um get you out on time so that i don't uh take you off in case i see you on the tour because i'm, I'm going to the entire uk tour uh Six. well i'm trying to i'm trying to I, I i need i need just a couple other things to fall in place and yeah I'm starting in Leeds and gonna work my way through. And I've never been to the UK, so and I'm going solo. So,
1: uh, be, I mean, if you're a pavement fan, you'll find a lot of. Uh, I imagine you'll find a lot of camaraderie there because we have pretty, like, um, pretty good, like, uh, fan. From the time there was a lot of like singing along to songs and um, like a a British gig feel. I don't know. It's a little different than America is Um, it because
0: of peel still like is it because the impact i don't think so
1: i think uh i mean some of that but uh we probably earned it through some some shows and um some of the signifiers of the band there's like this kind of shaggy underdog uh mentality like of bob Nostanovich and stuff and the brits uh love an underdog (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and I, i don't know we just uh the time that it came up, uh, yeah, we had we had good gigs there always. I don't know why. You know, it's a good give and feed. There's a lot of give and take in actual concerts. Uh, you know, you feed off people's enthusiasm. And um, yeah, you tend to bloom a little more when people show you. I mean, that's the same for anyone, even a kid giving a, a recital or a speech. You know, people give you a couple of claps, and they're like hey i can um I can uh, embody this now, let's do this yeah. and uh we were some of our earlier uh success was there and stuff, so it was nice uh that was nice
0: yeah. <clears throat> yep, well, thanks so much
1: no problem, dude uh just uh see you down the road perhaps and um that's it.
0: I'll, I'll look for you for sure.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Bye now. Bye. Later, dude. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, is a weekly
0: affair. Connect with JD at jd at Please support the pod by rating, reviewing, or sponsoring us at meetingmalcolmus.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Meeting Malcolmus.